How many of you uh, remember uh, New Year's Eve last year? All right, all right. How many of you were incredibly optimistic about the new year when it started? All right, how many of you experienced some disappointments this past year? All right, just look around here a little bit. So, they, uh, what do you do when you're uh, disappointed with God? You know, some of you, uh, you, you may feel like uh, God's let you down in some area of your life. Uh, some of you uh, did everything you could to raise your kids in a way that you thought was wise. And, and now the fact is they're making choices that's kind of unsettling to you as a parent. You know, maybe you dreamed of having a great marriage one day, but you're still single. Or, or maybe your, your marriage is not what you hoped it would be, and the fact is you're, you're disappointed. I mean, maybe you didn't plan on looking for a new career at, at your age or battling with anxiety or depression, or, or maybe you didn't plan on celebrating Christmas without someone you loved. Things didn't go the way you planned. And you may feel like God let you down. You know, we're in this uh, series, Unwrapping Christmas, and I thought it would be fun to have uh, a gift each week that uh, someone would open up and uh, that it would just be a little bit of joy for us. Many of you know I am a diehard Steeler fan, right? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm looking. I see a cowboy back there. So, yeah, we're arch enemies on, on the field. <laughs> but uh, there's a young man in this congregation that, that's a huge, huge football fan. But he's an even bigger Tom Brady fan, all right? So when TB was with the Patriots and they were playing the Steelers, he would wear his jersey and he, and he hunts for me. And he, and he taunts me, honestly, uh, and talks a little smack. And so the following week, one of us would be celebrating, and while well, the other one, not so much, kind of disappointed uh, in the outcome. So I was thinking when TB got traded to the Buccaneers that I'd be good. Oh, no, he went and bought a Buccaneers jersey. And so, you know, when the game, game was up and we were playing him this year, he comes, finds me like he usually does, and he's talking smack. And l let's just say the Steelers blew him out this year, 20 to, to 18. <laughs> I know, it's not a blowout, but in my mind, it's my story, all right? So anyway, uh, I, uh, I was thinking about that in uh, Caden. Merry Christmas, dude. <laughs> now, you may be disappointed with what's in here. Remember, Steeler fan here, baby. So, you, you, uh, you, can, uh, you can open that up. We'll just all watch. Maybe we can cheer. Let's go Steelers while he's doing it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did tell you I'm a Steeler fan, right? That affects all my purchases. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
I told her to use Gorilla Tape on that. <laughs> oh, it's a box within a box. <laughs> yeah. That's a uh, Super Bowl 51 uh, commemorative plaque. Uh, it, it's considered one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history, and for many, they believe possibly Brady's best because uh, he come back from, uh, what was it, 28-3 to 3, uh, deficit and uh, the, that win in overtime. So uh, hang that on your wall and just know it made me nauseous buying that thing. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so before we uh, unwrap uh, Luke's account of the Christmas story this morning, uh, a little context. So God had promised he's going to send a Savior, and generation after generation, people were, were waiting. They're waiting and hoping and hoping and waiting. And so God sent prophets at one point, and he's reminding everybody the Messiah's coming, and it's a Messiah that's going to reverse and overcome the, the penalty of sin. And then there's 400 years of silence. There's no word from God. There's no word from a prophet. It's just silent. But God was working. And when the time was right, God sent his son. Luke, Luke says this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all people. You know, anybody need some good news today? To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. If we had needed advice, I think God would have sent us a counselor if we had needed a different law, he might have sent us a politician. If we needed education, he would have sent a teacher. But God knew what we needed, that we needed forgiveness, and we needed hope, and we needed healing in our lives. And so he sent a Savior. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. So God sends this sign. I mean, what's a sign? Well, it's an indication. It points to some event, something that's going to take place. The sign wasn't what people were expecting at this point. God didn't send a, a king. He didn't send a king sitting on a throne with a crown on his head, but he sends a baby in a manger, a feeding trough, and he's wrapped in bands of cloth, which some people don't understand. That's burial cloth he's wrapped in, all right? It's a sign that this Messiah, this Savior, born to die. Luke goes on and he says, Suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Peace on earth. In this story, we're going to see anything but peace on earth. Anybody need a little peace these days? Yeah. I mean, what do you do when you find yourself disappointed with God? 
I mean, what do you do when, when you think you're doing the right thing and things don't go as you planned? I mean, what do you do when you feel disappointed by God in your life? And what we're going to do is I'm going to attempt to kind of uh, unwrap this topic today. You know, the, the Christmas story, if you read it and you really think about it, it's kind of a gut-wrenching story. We, we often kind of gloss over it, uh, you know, the extreme circumstances that are being dealt with. You know, Mary, Mary and Joseph have to navigate through a lot of difficulties, a lot of disappointments. And so what I want to do is kind of you to see the story in a new light and see that these are real people. These are real people that had dreams, and they had hopes, and they had aspirations. Real, real people like you, you and me. And the fact is, they're, they're facing the, these challenges in life. And Mary and Joseph are doing exactly what God wanted them to do and had asked them to do. And I'm going to kind of modernize the story a little bit, all right, so we can kind of connect with it better. And so I'm just asking for a little bit of latitude, okay? Joseph falls in love with Mary. They've been dating for a while. Joe knows she's the one. And so I'm imagining at some point he has this perfect proposal set up, okay? And he gets a ring. He takes Mary on a sunset walk to a very popular bridge in Nazareth. He arranges for a photographer to be there. You know, he wants to catch her, capture that perfect pic. He kneels down. He's popping the question. They take the picture. Mary posts it on social media. Hashtag blessed. It goes viral. <laughs> They're excited. They're, they're planning a, a May wedding. They've even decided they're going to go on a honeymoon, all-inclusive in Rome. They're going to go there. They got plans. Joe, he's, he's planning on graduating soon from trade school. They're going to get a small apartment, save their money, bank it back for a while so they can get a small home, and they can get a fixer-upper, because you remember, he's a carpenter, so he can fix it up. They're, they're hoping one day he can start his own business, and then they're planning on having children. They have all these plans, all right? And God interrupts them with the most complicated, untimely, inconvenient, you know, seemingly unfair assignment. Angel appears to Mary, says the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. Mary, Mary's confused at this point. She's like, well, I'm a virgin. You know, Joe and I haven't been together. You know, how's this possible? And the angel says, well, you're going to conceive by the Holy Spirit. And she makes just a powerful declaration of faith. She says, here am, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your words. Then the angel departed from her. 
So picture this. She's on a spiritual high. I mean, she just got visited by, by an angel. An angel appeared to her. And she, she declares this. She runs to tell Joseph about it. She thinks he's going to be excited about it too. And so she tells him. And Joe's like, you, you got you to gotta know what's going on here, Joe. You know, angel appeared to me with some awesome news. It's so great. I'm pregnant with the Holy Spirit's child. Can you picture that moment? Uh-huh. <laughs> Joe feels betrayed. In fact, he's devastated. He's hurt. He's thinking, you're a cheat and a liar. You're absolutely cray-cray if you think I'm going to believe that. It didn't go as they planned. She, she was excited and he's devastated, and Matthew kind of fills in the details for us here. He says, now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're going, wait a minute. They thought they were just engaged. Why do they got to get divorced? Well, in that day, an engagement was a binding legal arrangement, all right? And in fact, so much so that, like, if a groom would die before they got married, the, the bride would be known as a widow in that day. And so uh, they were considered to be married but without benefits, okay? It was after the ceremony, it was marriage with benefits. So they're, they're trying to pick out colors for their wedding. They're excited about this. They're, they're planning the ceremony. Jo Joseph uh, knows that he hasn't been intimate with her, but she's pregnant. This is a culture. If things were out of order, you became an outcast. In fact, you would be marked for the rest of your life. He is humiliated. She's crushed. And they're both disappointed at this point. This is a life-altering situation. Th think about this. Mary has not done anything wrong. In fact, she has done everything right. And now her fiancé is going to dump her. You know, she, she's going to be shamed in the community. Her friends and family will disown her. Why, God? You know, where are you, God? I, I said yes to you. This isn't fair. Friends, it's more than disappointing for her. What, what do you do when God disappoints you? You know, some, some of you, you've had that same kind of experience. You, you had big plans. You, you thought you were going to get that promotion at work, and instead, your, your job dissolved. You know, some of you, you, you thought, you know, this is, this is the year we're going to get that new home. Well, and then prices soared, interest rates and inflation hit. Some of you thought you were going to travel more. 
you'd hit that point in life, but your health turned. Now you physically can't do what you wanted to do. It's not what you planned, and you're disappointed in it. And here are two truths that I really want us to take to heart today. In fact, it's the great news of the Christmas story. You know, we've talked about this before, but you do not have to understand the plan to trust God's purpose in your life. You don't. God's got a purpose for it. You know, Scripture says, many are the plans in a person's heart. I have plans. You have plans. Mary had plans. Joseph had plans. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God has a purpose. I'm thankful that people's opinions cannot stop God's purpose in this world. I'm thankful that the craziness in this world cannot stop God's purpose. You may be disappointed today, but it will not stop God's purpose in your life. God has a purpose, and God works within that. You can take that one to the bank. You see it in the Christmas story. I mean, Mary and Joseph's plans, honestly, are wrecked totally. And they're disappointed, I'm sure. Joseph's thinking about divorcing Mary quietly. But it says this, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. God's doing something in the middle of their disappointment. God is working in the midst of the pain and the hurt. There's a purpose even when you don't understand it. You don't get what God's doing. Friends, you can trust God's purpose in it. You know, God's working. God's got a plan. And here, here's a second truth. And I, I pray that you can get your mind and heart around this. That your disappointment with God, whatever it is today, might actually be a divine appointment with God and from God. There are times you will be disappointed. There'll be times you feel let down. In fact, there'll be times where you face a situation and you think, God, where are you in this? It's possible that that disappointment is really a divine appointment from God. You know, I have shared this many times, but it was after a long season in my life of just feeling betrayed and hurt, and I, I was worn down, and I stepped away from ministry. And I'll be honest with you, disappointment, I think, is an understatement. I, I was devastated, and a lot of people were disappointed. Things were not going the way that we planned. But it's in the midst of that disappointment that God started stirring in my heart and other people's hearts. And friends, it was a divine appointment. 
I mean, that's how faith fellowship was born. People plan, and God laughs. You may be looking at what's going on in your life right now, have some things that aren't going the way you hoped, the way you planned. Friends, know that in that disappointment, you know, just maybe, God has a purpose in it. That you can find comfort in that. To know that God's going to meet you there. That, that you'll be encouraged because your disappointment is actually a divine appointment with God. You know, Mary and Joseph, they're, they're trying to figure things out. And they finally get to a point and they seem like they're getting things together in their life. Well, then the government does something really odd. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Caesar Augustus, he orders everybody to return to their hometown for a census. Why? Well, so he can raise taxes. So, This is a huge disruption. And I know we often see pictures of of on cards or like in children's books, and Joseph is walking, Mary's riding on the donkey, and it, it just looks like uh, they're on a trail ride. You know, really nice, great time that they're having, didn't it? It would have been grueling. 90-mile trip. It would have taken them several weeks to ride there on a donkey clear back to Bethlehem. Joseph, think about this, he's losing at least a month worth of, of labor and work and income. Mary, did I tell you she's ready to have a baby? Any moment. And they have to travel through the, the Jordan Valley, you know, where there's fear of bandits and wild animal attacks. I mean, real possibilities for them. Joseph has the responsibility, I think pressure probably, He's got to protect his soon-to-be wife. It would have been scary. If you've ever been to the desert, the desert there, extremely cold at night. They're uncomfortable. This is inconvenient. This is unplanned. You know, Mary is due at any time. She's riding on the back of a donkey they're, they're probably panicked and afraid. They're, they're, they're trying to get to Bethlehem before she goes into full-blown labor. And they get there, and there are no vacancies anywhere for them to stay. It's likely they had family and relatives in town, but they would not have been welcome because unwed mom, they, they would have been shunned. So they're worried about where we're going to stay. And finally, an innkeeper says, mm, you can stay in the barn. It's a hole in the wall. Stinky animals out there. And she gives birth there. And she probably had no help from anybody except Joseph. And they're thinking, things can't get worse. Well, a bunch of dirty shepherds show up, and they want to hold the baby. No mask, no hand sanitizer. 
Then before they can even get back to their apartment back in Nazareth, you know, they haven't even finished decorating the nursery at this point. They find out King Herod wants to kill their child. They're forced to go on the run. They head to Egypt. I mean, think about this. This is not what they planned. I mean, they're refugees at this point. They're running for their lives. And they're dealing with all of this because they did exactly what God had asked them to do. Peace on earth? I think it sounds like hell on earth. This is not what they planned. Now, I want you to fast forward 33 years later. Mary looks up and sees her son nailed to a cross. This is the young girl that said yes to God without knowing the details. God, I love you so much. I trust you so much. My answer is yes. Whatever it is, may it be unto me according to whatever your word is, God. And she watches her son dying on a cross. She's watching her son who had never sinned, never done anything wrong, had always obeyed God. And he's being mocked and spit on. And before he dies, Scripture says he looked to heaven and he says, Father, I've done what you've asked me to do. It is finished now. Here's what gets me. The mother that said yes to God, whatever God, raises a son that says yes to God. And she watches him die. Do you think she was disappointed? Do you think she was a little bit disillusioned? Maybe felt a little betrayed? Friends, when you know God, when you love God, when you have faith in God, when you understand God's character and you realize how much he loves you, you do not have to understand the plan to understand the purpose of God. Many are the plans. Many are the plans. But God's purpose always prevails. That's difficult to get your mind around, isn't it? I am sure for some of you, you have some things going on right now and you wish it was different. But if you live by faith, keep staying the course, some of the greatest disappointments in life might actually be a divine appointment in your life. In other words, there's something God wants to do in or through you. I have plans. You have plans. Mary and Joseph had a lot of plans. But God's purpose, it's real clear, it was you and I. You and I were God's purpose. 
You know, Mary, Mary gives birth to a son. And they named him Jesus. Why? Because he would save people from their sins. We need forgiveness. We need healing in our lives. We need hope. Anybody need a little hope? That first Christmas, God's plan was unfolding. And salvation had come, finally. Even when life does not go the way you planned, the way you want, there's peace from heaven. And friends, this isn't a concept. It's a savior. Jesus is our peace in the midst of chaos. You know, the, the, I believe the greatest gift you and I will ever receive came through a lot of disappointments. It came in the form of Jesus. See, I, I know some of you are disappointed today. Things aren't going the way you planned. They're just not. And you may be confused, frustrated, hurt. But remember, remember, you don't have to understand everything. You may not ever understand some things. But you trust him. You love God. And you worship him. And you stay that course. And at some point, God's purpose prevails. And I will tell you, his purpose, whatever it is, is always good. It's always perfect. But it doesn't feel like it at the time. It doesn't feel like it at the time. You know, we celebrate Jesus this time of the year, especially. I mean, hopefully all the time, but Christmas, we celebrate the birth because salvation came to this world. Healing's possible. The world may be crazy, but there's hope. It's found in Jesus. Anybody need a little hope in their life? A little healing? Jesus. It's in Jesus. Let, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, we thank you. We thank you that you sent your son. God, wasn't what we were expecting. That's exactly what we need. And God, I know there are some here today that um, they may be brokenhearted, frustrated, disappointed. Whatever it is, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just pull in next to them that You'd let them know there's purpose to what they're going through. It's not just empty and hopeless. And God, I pray that um, in the midst of that just not being the way they planned it, that they would know you're in the midst that you're working. God, I thank you. Thank you for those times.
brought me closer to you. And I thank you for the hope that I've found. God, help us to maintain that, to believe that you really do work to bring good out of just horrible situations sometimes. God, we love you. Help us to keep trusting. May you hear our praise and worship, both in our heart and through our words. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God's people said, let's stand, let's worship together. Yeah.